Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You were about to listen to the Timey Wimey Tea Time Podcast, a geekyantics.net and allgames.com production. Find out what everyone's talking about. The Doctor, of course. Doctor Who? Exactly, that doctor. <laughs> Join us live at www.twitch.tv forward slash geeky antics. That's G-E-E-K-Y-A-N-T-I-C-S. Hang out with us, ask questions, laugh and have at it. We can't wait to hear what's on your minds and hearts. Tiny, whiny, tea time. Greetings, and welcome to another exciting, wonderful, delicious, perhaps, installment of uh, Time Rummy Tea Time, where friends gather to talk about all things Doctor Who, sci-fi, fantasy, zombies, creativity, and just about everything geek. I mean, we sprinkle in some anime, some video games, and whatever other banter and merriment we could get into. Now, this is actually episode 19. Earlier on the pre-show, I, 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 I don't know, I guess I got stuck in some kind of timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, wormhole-type thing, and I thought it was episode 20. I was jumping ahead of myself. It's episode 19. We don't usually say the episode number, but it's kind of significant because we're, we're hitting some milestones, and we're uh, constantly fine-tuning and experimenting with different formats. And, you know, this is, different, this is a different kind of show for us because usually on, on uh, Geeky Ants Network... We tend to have late-night shows and a little more risque stuff. This is a family-friendly format. You know, it's earlier in the day. Most of us are still waking up and getting caffeinated. And uh, it, it's for, it makes for a different kind of uh, discussion. Or, you know, I think it's fun. But um, we'll be talking classic Doctor Who again, you know, keeping up with our uh, Doctor Who flashback series. Our segment, if you will. And we'll be bantering, of course, about random geeky things. But we'll keep the bantering and the broadcast kind of things to a minimum. Because we know that there's plenty of that in the podcasting space. But before we get into all of that, introductions, because those are important. I'm Yomar Lopez, known throughout the interwebs and sometimes the Hooverse as Yogi Zilla. Friends IRO in real life call me uh, Yogi. And I hope, I hope you guys will get comfortable and call me Yogi. I hope we could become friends. As uh, my previous co-host, Stan has been known to say, uh, I'm a gamer, a dreamer, an author of silliness, a disgruntled techie, a wild-eyed entrepreneur, and a fistful of happy emojicons and sunshine. I ran into the battle upon a glittering My Little Pony, and out of my mouth come laughing swords of peppermint 
and ginger. I really love that bit, so I'm going to keep that. But above all, again, I hope that we can become friends as we embark upon a journey through time and space, the human condition, and merriment, and, of course, bantering. I hope you're noticing a theme here. But anyway, <laughs> that's enough of, about me. Let's talk about our new co-host, our new friend for a tea time. Fatal Blades, but no, 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 no. Let's, let's get, make it more personal. Okay? We're a very personal, friendly, approachable show. Oolong. Welcome to Tea Time. I don't know what that was. I tried to make it epic. <laughs> What's going on, brother? Oh, not much. I, it was good. It was good. It was good. Just... In a universe bound by honor and glory, there is an Oolong, and he hopes to be friends with you all. I like it. I like it. Two thumbs up. And I want to say, wow, oh, holy Hannah, we just got a bunch of people just uh, strip, just uh, stumble upon here. I guess it's a big day. For uh, gaming talk shows, maybe we need to do more, more early shows because apparently there's not many people streaming around this hour. And I noticed that on Twitch, and we are streaming on Twitch, amongst other places, like allgames.com. What up, well, all games? But I noticed that more and more people are streaming late night. And that used to be like my little niche. Now I'm like, man, I might have to start becoming like a day person and, you know, and, and, and fight my vampire ways. Because like during the day, we get such a nice crowd. And you get also the overseas folks that can't stay up till 5 o'clock in the morning their time, you know. But uh, shout out to Starchild, who's been very vocal in the chat. We appreciate that. Because most people like to lurk. They get a little shy. And I get it. You know, you want to kind of feel things out before you even bother saying hello. We appreciate that. But uh, Starchild said, says here, and that's Starchild89W, uh, they say, I'm a pretty big fan in Whovian. But there is so much I still don't know about the show, such as the older stuff. But I would love to hear what you guys had prepared for today's episode slash stream. So yeah, there you go. Awesome. Oh, what an episode it shall be, my friend. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. We're, we're keeping the format pretty open so we could get more into the chat. You know, the interaction there, because we are live. Obviously, that's a big part of it. I'll also have wiggle room to elaborate more. And, you know, obviously go off, derail a little bit. <laughs> it but, happens. Uh, it, it does happen. So what you been up to, man? Um, man, just a lot of gaming, a lot of uh, kind of relaxing, taking a little time off and uh, sinking into my, my fan fandoms and nerdy little habits. Odd. It's very important to have the nerdy habits. They keep us going. They do. They they drive me. I can't help it. You know, looking at my comic books and then rewatching some of my favorites, uh, some Supernatural, some Doctor Who, Sherlock. I know people are going to hate. It's cool. <laughs> um, you know. Well, I mean, that's part of. I think that's part of what comes in with the geek territory is that a lot of the stuff that we're passionate about as geeks is polarizing and that's what makes it fun because not everyone likes it and it, that, that's where the conversation comes into play right oh yeah absolutely and, and and the freedom of idea exchange is is just amazing now you mentioned a plethora i'm gonna use that word of shows and you're like me like uh, i think you, you it seems like you don't have enough time to keep up with it and you're behind and you kind of marathon watch it when you can catch up a little bit now supernatural and arrow are they back on um, they both ended in a bit of a cliffhanger, last I checked. 
they did. Supernatural actually has come back. I, uh, oh, I, I lucked out. I got to catch up with that. And, uh, oh, my God, I'm, I'm just going to say this, and this is going to make make Yogi look it up right after this. We we got the Felicia Day episode this season. Oh, gosh, stop it. it no. It, it was a beautiful thing for those who haven't watched it. I'm not going to spoil it. Trust me. Hate the spoiler alerts, but make sure you check it out. Oh, so gorgeous. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, when you talk about Felicia Day and Will Whedon, like, I just nerdgasm, and I, I know that's terrible. I'm trying to, I know that's not appropriate. I'm trying to keep it as clean as possible, but there's no other way to describe it. I get a little too excited and, like, kind of explode inside, like, I don't know. And then I had to reassemble myself like the hum- like Humpty Dumpty. But, you know, Geeky Antics Network, we- we've kind of modeled it a little bit after Geek and Sundry. We've had this vision for a long time, but we're, like, I like to think of us... Or I would love that, that eventually people will think of us as a geek and sundry with more grassroots kind of feel, you know? Like, we don't have the production value that they do. We don't have the resources they do. So, but we're also more, but on the flip side, we're more approachable and engaging because we can afford to be, you know? So I, I would like to think that. And another thing, too, Felicia Day, I happen to find her very easy on the eyes, just putting that out there. I, I know I've had this really unhealthy... A- attraction to to redheads it's really bad like game of thrones they killed off that one wildling redhead i'm like darn you john snow how dare you <laughs> i'm sorry oh sorry spoilers if you're not caught up <laughs> like yeah see sorry yeah but i mean is that really a spoiler game of thrones it's like a hundred different subplots you know side stories going on and all of them end up with people dying i don't game of thrones that's a the theme don't get attached to anyone. <laughs> that's that's really it. That's that's their whole fate. It, it is. It's oh, this one's getting really popular, and he's gone. <laughs> Starchild says that they don't watch uh, Game of Thrones. You know, uh, I'm not gonna be the fan one to be like, you gotta watch it. I think, like, if you if you feel the void in in the fantasy space and you want good fantasy television. Then yes, watch Game of Thrones. But if if it, if you don't feel that void, then you can skip totally skip it. It is a little risque too. There's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of sexual content in there and violence, and not everyone's big on that. And I appreciate that too. T Dog Junior. and Crazy One, Crazy One is awesome by the way. Crazy One is really cool. Crazy One, the, from the first time they uh they caught one of our shows, uh, he caught one of our shows. Fo- followed us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Um, follow, subscribe to our podcast feeds, I believe, and and then and then um, registered on geekyanswers.net and friended a bunch of us. I'm like, wow. Yeah, Star Shadow makes a good point. So, Game of Thrones very much is borderline porn. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of sadly that is a big part of it. Um, and there's a lot of like things there that, if you know, especially if you have a strong moral compass, it's really hard to. To allow to just let slide, but uh, yeah, it's it's tough, and I totally get that. Like, we have a lot of uh, diehard Christians that listen to us, and I'm a Christian too. But I'm one of those more modern, I guess, contemporary Christians. Like, well, you know, I believe in in morality and all this stuff, and I and I believe treating people right and being compassionate and all that stuff. But I I watch certain things that probably would make some folks cringe. You're like, you really shouldn't be watching that or condoning that at all. But anyway, something I can wholeheartedly recommend that I was just talking to uh, Oolong about earlier 
is uh, Agent Carter. I just started this. Uh, Chip Sella from the B Team Podcast. Shout out to you, buddy. Um, he's been he's been a big fan of this, and he has the Agents of Shield cast. Make sure you check him out on iTunes, Stitcher, good guys. Uh, Chip Sella also has the B, uh, B Team Podcast. I didn't mention that, but I'm gonna mention it again to reinforce it. But um, Agent Carter, I'm loving this. Um, it was a little bit. The pilot was a little bit of a slow burn, but I just love. You know, do you have, do you ever feel, dude, like you were born in the wrong period, like the wrong time? You ever get that feeling? Like I love that we we have all the technology now, right? Mm-hmm. But I almost feel like if if I personally, if I was born into like one of those older periods where people actually went out and talked to each other and connected, I'm I'm thinking might be I don't know. What do you I, think? I believe at times that I was born into the wrong time period, but it's usually more selfish reasons for me. I'm like, I, I wish I was born in the year 3000. That way I could see the awesome video games they have then. Oh, man. But for all I know, Skynet takes over and the Terminators have us by then. So it could be could be a bad idea. I'm scared for the future. As much as I love tech, I'm scared for the future. I think it's... Uh, I love social media, but it's encouraging antisocial behavior, you know? So I don't know, but... Uh, but I don't know. I, I look. I look back at these period pieces. You know, nineteen fifties. You know, the Roaring Twenties or the Swinging Twenties. I forget which one they used for that period. I don't know the Great Depression was not fun, but just like the 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 way people talk, their mannerisms, the the attire. I'm like, man, people were really folks back then were mighty dapper. You know, it's like I don't know. I, I can get down with that. So I'm watching Agent Carter. It takes place in fifties. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's post World War II, so that would make sense, right? All right. And uh, so I guess it's the late '40s and then the '50s kind of time, and I just love the way the women are—they're classy, sexy, you know, <laughs> like the way they have their hair. The it's just something. There's something magical about. It. I don't know. I'm, I'm weird. No, it, it's the Mrs. Cunningham effect. <laughs> like back back in the day, if you were old like I am, and you'd watch uh, Happy Days, and you're like, oh, it's Miss Cunningham, like, the you know, the mom next door, she's got that that very classic style about her. It was a very classic beauty at the time. Exactly, like the the classy pinup girls, you know. I, I, I could say Betty Page, but that's a little more borderline risque, right? But yeah. just that hairstyle, that look, where it's like, I'm sexy, but I'm not overselling it, and I'm leaving lots to the imagination. Just the way women carry themselves, because they had so much to deal with, they had so much to overcome. And Agent Carter, that's a big part of it. Is like she's she kicks butt, she's smart, but they don't respect her as an agent, even though she has a history of saving the world and all this stuff. It's crazy. And they're like constantly sending her off to to take lunch orders or, or get coffee for folks. And even though she's an agent for the SSR, which is like their version of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the CIA, I guess. Uh, or I guess you could say it's the precursor to S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I'm not sure in this new Marvel Cinematic Universe if that's the proper backstory. So I could be wrong there. Uh, comic book experts can let me know. Uh, you can always call in and let us know. 206-415-4987. I saw our voicemail line. We'll say that again later. And of course, we got the Twitter. At YogiZilla. And Fatal is at Fatal Blades, uh, Fatal underscore Blades, and Fatal is spelled F-8-T-L, right? Yes, and no underscore in the Twitter. Oh, I thought there was an underscore in the Twitter. Nope. Where do you have the underscore? That's in my Twitch. My Twitch. Oh, your Twitch has the Twitch. Really? I've had it backwards the whole time? Man. Man. One job, folks. One job. One job. 
Undersore is welcome. So uh, Starchild says that those were good times. Uh, they feel the same way. Uh, pr people aren't as personable or respectful now. That's true. There were values back then. People actually focused on developing themselves, not as a lack of self-accountability and, and personal development uh, overall. And there's also a sense of entitlement. You know, we've lost that hunger as, as an American culture. But um, it starts to say, but I, sh I do sure love hot showers. That's true. The things we take for granted. But uh, Agent Carter, wholeheartedly support it. Uh, if you like period pieces and you like the, Marvel the new Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, you want a little bit of a backdrop into Captain America, Avengers, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., all that stuff. It touches upon all those things, and it, and it does it in a very nice way without pandering so much. It's, it's, it's establishing its own thing. Now, I wonder how long could it keep doing this. Like, I thought this, was, this maybe would be miniseries kind of uh, material, but I could see this be a, a, a two- or three-season thing easily. Possibly. I think... I think we're going to see it turn into kind of a mini series, though. Unfortunately, it's um, a shame because I, I love the production value, man, and, and I love period pieces. Like, man, see, <laughs> it dirty coppers. Oh man, you dirty rat, you dirty rat. But it's just oh. the way that people talk. It's just so funny. Like, I, I just try to picture like it's just it's just it's the mystique of it. It's just dry. I don't know. I'm such a fan. <laughs> Can't you see the writing on the wall? The talkies are taking over. Oh, Starchell says, I will have to check it out. My boyfriend started watching it. I've been catching up on Grimm still. I'm behind on Grimm. Uh, I know the new season started. I think I'm just going to marathon watch that. And, um, oh, what's the... the uh, who's the wolf guy there? He played a, a character on Prison Break. He played the guy that was kind of like crazy in the head, but he was actually a nice guy, just misunderstood. Oh, uh, um, I I can't remember his name. He's the Vessin. Yeah, he is the Vessin. And uh, oh, he, I love his character so much. He's just so cool. Him and his wife is so mm. they're so cute together. That's it, Monroe. Monroe, yes. Star Trek. Oh, we're, apparently we're not that, that delayed right now. Awesome. We must have like a 10, 15 second delay. Some, the other day someone said I was streaming and I only had a 10 second delay. I was like, yes! My setup doesn't completely stink. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, Oh, Star Trek is only on season two. Oh, okay. I will not say anything else. But anyway, no guys. Spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. We might have to talk about this show in the not so distant future. But now for the lovely things we will discuss during tea time today. <laughs> After like 20 minutes in. So here we go. In the first half of the show, we're going to do our Before We Go Deeper segment where we do a little bit of plugs and uh, some uh, self promotions, how we say. Then we'll do Who Knew, our Whovian News segment, which is not always Doctor Who stuff. It's mostly geeky stuff, you know, whatever tickets our fancy. We try to find those tangents that Whovians, um, that ta the tangent interest that Whovians, our fellow Whovians, might appreciate. Then we'll do our Who's Who, where we uh, share why Doctor Who is great. So if you're still on the fence about it and you never checked out Doctor Who yet, don't worry. We're not going to crucify you or anything, but we'll, we'll try to sell you on it either way. And hopefully we'll make a good, uh, a good case for it. Finally, we're going to do our Doctor Who flashback segment, where we'll talk about Mind Robber. And uh, I quite enjoyed this story, I'm going to say right off the bat. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to find a bad classic Doctor Who, as far as I'm concerned. BFT 9000 is joining us. Awesome. We're going to have a, we're gonna have a fun party today. Nice little tea time. Uh, in the second half of the show, we'll do our community interconnect, where we'll uh, read some comments, do some chat feedback, uh, maybe plug some sponsors. Actually, there won't be any sponsors today. We're just going to keep it all about you guys so make sure if you have any questions 
save it for then, and then we'll uh, get some more discussion going. Then we'll have some banter and merriment. We're going to talk about some video game stuff, uh, maybe some tech news, stuff that's been going on in the geek, the geekosphere, let's say. <laughs> Finally... I- I actually have an anime piece I want to oh. want to make sure to mention during that, but no oh. spoilers, Doctor. No spoilers. Anime, anime. You know, I have to make a concerted effort to stay away from anime. It's such a, like, for me, it's such a slippery slope. I watch one anime, and I see another, I start watching another, and, oh, gosh, the time sink is real. <laughs> that is really my preferred, like, it, when it comes to, when I'm in consumption mode, not creation mode, that is my preferred medium right now, I have to say. Outside of sci-fi, but not much great sci-fi out there. And it's definitely not really that, like, any, like, um, space operas or anything like that. It's, it's sad. But I think it's a good thing. I have my free time back. <laughs> but anyway, in the second half, we'll finally close off the show with our outro and the shout-outs. And that's it. So, before we go deeper, I want to uh, reiterate that we are live, usually... On allgames.com and twitch.tv forward slash geekyants every Saturday at noon Eastern, 5 p.m. in London, and uh, 4 p.m. I believe in Madrid. Uh, if you missed the live show, you can tune in on YouTube on Saturday evenings, and that's uh, youtube.com forward slash geekyantics. Or you can search Twitter for hashtag TWTT. We try to make an uh, effort whenever we mention anything Doctor Who or uh, Whovian um, tangent, you know, whatever. Might appeal to you folks. We try to put the hashtag TWTT there uh, to keep the conversation going. Uh, and a word of warning: I just want to say this is a catch-all disclaimer. Our other shows on Geeky Antics are quite not as accessible to a wider audience. Uh, and we don't try to be controversial for the sake of being controversial, but you know we also believe in creative freedom. And sometimes when we get guests, they they go a little crazy and push the envelope, shall we say? So. Yes, the other shows on our on our uh, Geek, on the Geeky Gets Network and also on all games may not be, dare I say, your cup of tea. That's my disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. That pun won't get old anytime soon, I don't think. But uh, some exciting stuff that we're, that we're working on. There's a lot of stuff working on. Um, I'm debating doing a Patreon. Um, I was originally thinking about doing it for the Geeky Gets Network. I might still do it that way, but I might do it per show. So I'm still debating with that. I think what I might do is do a Geeky Antics Patreon and then have different incentives that relate to different shows. So that might be a fun thing to do. That way, and what we'll do is to make it easy for the people that contribute to us consistently, our core team, people that are fully invested. Because we syndicate a lot of shows and we work, we have a lot of different shows on the network. But there are people that are core team and there are people that are just kind of like, oh, I'll just put my show in your network and then it disappear. That's, but you know that's fair too, but uh, for our core team, we'll have you know we'll use that to like give our our contributors uh, some incentives and then reinvest in our community, of course, do more giveaways, improve our production quality, do com- more community events, maybe local meetups. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm leaning toward, and I have some really fun ideas. Some of the ideas that might, and we'll talk about them more later, but it might, it might involve crappy drawings by moi, and maybe some like. Uh, some bad singing. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. But right now, we are working with Doctor Who and Star Wars vendors and also uh, game developers to bring you guys here in the TWTT community some relevant swag and incentives. Uh, so then it won't always be prizes per se, but there'll be something, some swag or some kind of related incentive that will appeal to you folks. 
Um, so if you have anyone that uh, might you think is, might be interested in uh, sponsoring a, a group giveaway and, and several mini giveaways, what we'll be doing for the next uh, close to two months now, let us know. You could uh, tweet me at YogiZilla or at Geekyantis, the network. Or, or, oh yeah, tweet, tweet Fatal too. He likes getting tweets. Put him in there. Fatal, fatal Blades, no underscore. <gasps> and it's Fatal with an 8. F8TL Blades. All right. I got it right this time. You did. You did. I, that, that props. Props to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I try. But uh, I like how BFT comes in here and says evening because he just came back from work. So now this is his evening. <laughs> I've been there before. That graveyard shift. Oof. But uh, so yeah, this is our biggest giveaway yet. We have a huge grand prize pot. We don't want to just have one huge winner. We want to have a bunch of little winners. So the only way that can happen is if we get this to be viral. Even if you're not interested in giveaways, even if you think that they, people don't actually win stuff, and you can ask a few of the people that have won stuff on our flash giveaways and our giveaways on our site, geekyheads.net, people do win. They actually get prizes. We would love to do physical stuff, but we tend to stick to digital because it's less uh, overhead in terms of cost and time spent. And it's easier to fulfill the stuff, you know, and, and faster, obviously. So there's less, less, less things to worry about. We'll be doing, we will be doing physical prizes too, though, because something about getting a package, especially if it's personalized, you know, I might draw a little, some doodles on there. That'd be fun. But um, I have been talking to Big Finish. Uh, they're passing for now, but they're, they're following our content. They are keeping an eye on us. So there's been some back and forth talk with us. Uh, there's some other folks we're talking to as well. So without further Delay, here's where you want to go. Bit.ly forward slash Megas Awesome Giveaway. And I'm going to put that in the chat there for you fine folks. Uh, or you can just go to geekyantics.net forward slash giveaways. And don't forget, you can earn daily entries. Um, and please share it. Now, a lot of people don't share because they're like, well, that actually will lower my chances of winning. But the more it gets shared, the more sponsors we will attract because people like you know, in the marketing world, they call it reach. The wider your audience, the more advertisers and sponsors, people that actually pay for the prizes get attracted. So if we have, you know, numbers in the tens or hundreds of thousands, it's easy to say, hey, uh, big finish, give us some audiobooks, yo. <laughs> or, I don't know, uh, Tiny Rebels, give us some codes for Doctor Who Legacy, uh, you know, stuff like that. So please share it forward, and then we'll create more opportunities for more people to win. That's more exciting, you know? So, and eventually what we're going to do is have a, a, like a Hall of Heroes type thing, a Hall of Fame, where we'll, 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 your name will be immortalized for supporting us, helping us reach certain milestones. Maybe you won prizes. We're going to do all kinds of stuff. I, I got so much to do. The, the to-do list is real. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, geekyantics.net has achievements. So, just saying, for those achievement hunters like I've been known to be, it's uh, it's a good place to just kind of get your fix there too. Indeed, and 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 I will say that if you have something of your own, you're developing, you're promoting. Maybe you're an artist. Maybe you do voiceover work. We want to work with you, uh, and we're creating a referral network so we could uh, help people find clients. And then we'll you know we'll take a little finder's fee, but it'll help you get work that you probably couldn't before and there's people always asking so if you have services you offer sign up on geekyantics.net reach out to us you know that has private messaging and stuff or you can email mail at geekyantics.net actually for time we might be tea time we have twtt at geekyantics.net but uh 
But yeah, the other fun thing is when your profile, you could put your links. We we don't mind, you know, everybody's doing the thing. We respect that. We don't mind uh, self promotion. We're not weird about it. Just don't go crazy. Don't spam. That's bad. But I, uh, you know, the more you log into the site, the more your name shows up on our, you know, leaderboard for the most active users. And then people might click on your profile and see your YouTube, which you can link to your account. They might see your Twitch, whatever it is you do. You might have a Deviant Art account or an Etsy shop. Hey. Lots of stuff we could do. We're trying to we're trying to help level the playing field and and, and give uh, creatives, give geeks, more ways to grow their audience and excite people and share their passions. That's what we really do here at Geeky Antics. But um, Oolong, do you have a call to action? Uh, a couple more calls to action to share, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Sorry. As a matter of fact, I was like, "Yeah, your mic cut off." Like, whoa! Did you yeah, did you drop that, the mic? That mute button's just a little too strong right there. But uh, <laughs> we're 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 already talking about the the lovely fans and the people who are listening to this this podcast, and we love them all. But we do definitely we we miss the brilliant YouTube comments. You know, we want them to say hello. We want them, you know, to to really let their voice be heard. And I I know that a lot of you guys. We're coming around, and you wanted to see Stan, and I, you know, we're hoping that you'll, you know, stay for the pudding. There's pudding, <laughs> but uh, hopefully, we, you know, we wish all the best to Stan, and we do hope that he can get everything taken care of, and he can sort his affairs. You know, we understand that life happens, and it it happens fast and hard sometimes, and we wish nothing but the best to you. Anywho, though, uh, you know, I I do want to mention that the playlist can be found at http colon backslash backslash bit dot ly backslash again twtt for timey wimey tea time playlist. Now, considering we're we're still talking about how we do want to hear from you guys and we love when we get YouTube comments, but if you really want to make an impact, we want to hear it in your voice. We encourage that you guys give us a call, you know, make sure leave a voicemail. You know, we love hearing your voices when you are active, whether it's, you know, singing or giggling or even just a joke or an opinion on anything we talk about. We want to know your favorite or deepest Whovian experiences. And if you guys are willing to, we'd be more than happy if you'd share the love for the show, anything creative, anything we might talk about, or just general passion in your fandom. Now, if you want to know, you know, we want, we do want to know, like, who's your favorite doctor, you know, or maybe we talk a little Walking Dead, writing, anime, anything that tickles your fancy. Now, if you're calling us within the U.S., it's 206-415-4987. Leave your voicemail. However, if you would like to call us from across the pond or wherever you may be in the world outside of the U.S., it's 011-206-415-4987. And we do want to hear those lovely voices and everything that you have to say. Make sure you give us a call. Me gusta. <laughs> we have uh, some feedback here on all games. Some folks, when I said TWTT for short, they said, wait, Twit, you have Leo Laporte? I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not affiliated with him. That, you know, this week in tech is cool, but uh, I've heard a lot of bad things about Leo Laporte behind the scenes. Like, I've heard he's kind of douchey. He seems kind of like, like he's kind of douchey, scummy. 
which is kind of a shame. Because that is a good show. But, you know, those are those bigger podcasts. We don't talk about those. We talk about the little guys. Because, you know, we're hipsters. Anything that's mainstream, boo, hiss. <laughs> did we lose you again? Or did you just mute? I had to mute. Sorry about that. Oh, all right. I was making sure that I didn't get it disconnected or something. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. I, uh, there was, uh, again, that whole life happens fast. I, I had a few things I had to discuss with someone. And I didn't want everyone to be, you know, stuck hearing what's going on. It wasn't anything important, though. My apologies. I love you guys. Please don't shed me. Oh, wow. Okay. So if we got, I just missed a bunch of chat here. Uh, so what part of what? Washington, are you guys in? We're we're actually. I'm I'm in Georgia. Um, Fado, where you, you want to share where you're at? Oh uh, yeah, no problem. I'm actually. Uh, I don't want to put it out there without your permission. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure I'll be east stocked. Which, if you do want to east stock me, winky face, <laughs> it's at the uh, right around Tennessee, Tennessee, Kentucky type area. Yeah, you're not too far from me actually, which is really cool. But uh, yeah, we're, we're we're Southerners. I'm originally from uh, New York, New York City. I, our friends from the Sparta show are mostly from Spokane, which I always want to call Spokane, but it's actually pronounced Spokane, apparently. Um, that's not very phonetically friendly either, because there is an E at the end there. So you would assume a hard A sound, but no. But uh, you know, overall, uh, you know, with Geeky Antics, uh, Geeky Antics and uh, Network and uh, United Broadcasting Network collaboration, our coalition uh, of sorts, uh, I don't know, our conglomerate, if you will. Now that sounds bad. It sounds very suitsy. But uh, yeah, we're 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 all over the states, and we have some worldwide uh, collaborators too. So we're yeah, pretty fun. So yeah, Star Child is originally from Washington, but now living in Minnesota. Yeah, a lot of people seem to be uh, migrating towards Minnesota area. I noticed that. I've been noticed that a lot. But anyway, it is time. But who knew? Oh, and also BFT to say something. Uh, oh, that's right, because I had the. We do have, now I know why I came up, because we have the 206 area code on the phone number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep wondering, how do people think we were watching? Yeah. I don't know. I just picked that number. It just sounded like it flowed, and I just stuck with it. I, I broke the fourth wall. No, we're in Washington. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, as a Deadpool fan, I'm all for breaking the fourth wall and chimichangas. <laughs> Ooh, chimichangas sound good. So good. But uh, Chris uh, BFT says uh, Chris Eccleston hands down, though honestly, Capaldi could potentially creep up on him in terms of what being uh, the best, the best. I think of BFT saying the best doctor. He didn't mention that. Who's your favorite doctor? He's a newbie, and I don't, I don't think he likes the the old stuff, and that's cool. That's the, cool. The old we, stuff's hard to get into. I I won't hold his non-edition of of Baker against him then. Yeah, that's the thing. If, if you're going to watch the old stuff, at least watch Baker. Tom Baker is the way to go. Not Colin Baker, Tom Baker. Yeah, no. Jelly Babies for the win. Definitely. But anyway, who knew? This is Who Knew, our Whovian News segment. Uh, I want to start off first by saying, as always, shout-outs to the Whostorian, Radio Scarrow, Big Blue Box, Chris Sturbridge, and the Who's Talking shows. Uh, lots of great podcasts out there. They help us stay on top of all the uh, Hoover stuff, especially in the off-season. Um, I actually listened to the historian's look at um, the Aztecs, which we uh, talked about last week. Uh, this is an older episode for them. It's about 20 episodes or so back. Um, and Styling Steve, who's, by the way, at uh, the historian at gmail.com, if you want to email him, uh, is great. Make sure you let him know 
uh, Time Remy Tea Time folks sent you. But uh, I love the way he he um, approaches the classic Doctor Who on his show. Um, highly recommended. Yeah, I particularly liked his thoughts on um, the better picks for William Hartnell stories because um, during this er- early period, you know, mid early to mid 1960s, right? They did mm-hmm. particularly focus more on um, on uh, historical dramas, right? And uh, so because of that, the Aztecs might not be the, the right representation of what Doctor Who is overall. But it's still great storytelling, you know. Uh, we didn't get it too into the romantic elements, which is something that has been an ongoing thing. You know, the Doctor always kind of has like this, well, most of his regenerations have moments of flirtation or misleading women. And there was definitely like this very early show had that in there. Like, he wasn't quite a womanizer. He was actually very polite, quite the gentleman about it. And then all of a sudden he realized, oh, crap, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> he shared the cup of, of cocoa with, what was her name, Carmilla? Something like that. And then and she, she, he didn't know that sharing, he forgot that historically the Aztecs saw that as a, propo- a marriage proposal. And then she accepted it, and then suddenly the, they're married. It was, I, I thought, I thought, it was kind of sad because she's a very attractive woman. And she's spending all this time in the in the um, in the garden because apparently the Aztecs, when you hit your fifties, you spend your time in isolation and reflection. Well, not complete isolation, but most you know, hanging out in the in the garden, reflecting upon things. People come to you for advice, but otherwise they ignore you because you're old. It's like, eh, you're about to die. <laughs> Pretty much, it's it's elderly retirement. They're like, well, we'll put you here. Because you're wise, and you can reflect on how wise you are over the life you've lived. Other than that, don't get in my way, old man. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Like, you hit 52 and then you're old. But they don't say old, they say you're wise. It's a nice way of saying it. I thought, I, I like the way they did it. There's little nuggets. We, we didn't touch quite, quite exactly touch upon those. Like, I was thinking about it, I forgot to mention them. I'm sure you were too. But he talked about that stuff. And he also said that he would have preferred that they picked... Uh, Planet of the Giants, which is, I believe, the very first miniaturized story, you know, whereas the characters get miniaturized. You know, Honey, I Struck My Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I thought that that was actually a really good pick. Uh, unfortunately, that's a hard one to find unless you already own it. And it's not in the 50th anniversary collection, BTW. He also picked the Dalek Invasion of Earth, which is awesome. And that's, a ver- that's the earliest uh, Dalek story that I could think of. It's the origin, pretty much. Yeah. Now, Planet of the Giants, the interesting thing about that story is that they actually, instead of doing the trick where they pre-captured and green-screened the normal-sized things and then made it seem like they were walking through them, they actually created set pieces that were simulating huge things, like a huge sink, you know, or I forgot what else they did in there. My memory is not that good, but that's really neat. Um, they actually, with that little budget, they try to cre- recreate that, uh, that giant world. Um, so yeah, definitely check out The Historian. I also want to give love to our new friend, my beloved co-host, Oolong. And let me tell you, there is no shortage of Doctor Who fans these days. But when it comes to finding reliable co-hosts that also happen to be Whovians or geeks, the pool is quite shallow, I, I have to say. <laughs> It, it doesn't doesn't matter. Oolong's a little shallow, too. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> you 
get that dust right off my shoulder. Hold on one moment. Oh, there it goes. All right, we're good. Nice. Nice. Rager says his favorite doctor is Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Ooh, that that's good. Although, secret. And that's right. I'm going to put him on blast right now. Dr. Pepper, no medical schooling. I've checked the history reports. That's That breaks my heart. I mean, look, at least Mr. Pibb went out and said, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm a simple man of simple pleasures. <laughs> oh, boy. By the way, moving on. You got the, you got the puns. You're the one with the puns today. <laughs> so there's some, some, uh, some quick tidbits here. Uh, Square Enix has an awesome weekend sale right now, Steve. And I'm 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 kind of facepalming, kind of like, man, a lot of these, I would love to jump on them. Uh, and Square Enix... Uh, I believe they took over all the the Eidos uh, properties, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was about a year ago they went and uh, bought out Eidos when they were going through some hard times. Might be uh, might be a little after that, but pretty much. Actually, interesting fact about that sale. Um, I believe they're doing the premiere offering of a very nice classic Final Fantasy 4 in there on sale. Yeah. So I would definitely check that out. Like Final Fantasy 4 brought to America, if you have not had the time to experience that, is just a masterpiece. Like 4 is probably right behind uh, 6 and 7 in my top 3. See, I'm a really old school doctor. Doctor would abide, obviously. But uh, Final Fantasy, yeah. I'm like one of those weird people that has to be a hipster to say, oh, I love Final Fantasy 1. That's my favorite of all time. Everybody says 6, 7, and all that. It was a great game. I don't take anything away from them. They're like, what about 1 without all these other... I don't know. Would it be anything else without 1? But uh, I want to I get back into 4, revisit that, and 3, even though people say that 1 is just impossible. I now still wait, want to try it. American 3 or Japan's 3? Japan's 3. Yeah, Japan's 3 was so good. Yeah, and people say it's just so hard. Because 3 over here was that one that came out in the Game Boy Advance, wasn't it? No, 3 for America was Super Nintendo. That Well, R3 was Japan 6, and that was the one that had Locke and Terra and the first sighting of the Magisite armor and Kefka. And then there were also the weird Game Boy, original Game Boy ones that were like Final Fantasy Legend or something. Like, uh-huh. the, those were hard too. Those were pretty hardcore. I got stuck on those so much. It's like, oh, I'm really enjoying this, but now I'm, st- I'm stuck on like a, a Starship type thing. I don't know what to do next. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Square Enix, they're known for, now that they have the Eidos games or Eidos, I forget how you say it actually. Eidos. But, uh, it is Eidos, right? Okay. Yes, it is. All right. So. Eidos, they have uh, Hitman series, uh, Tomb Raider, um, Deus Ex, um, Just Cause, Just Cause, Thief. Thief, yes, Thief, I'm a big fan of Thief, I mean, lots of great games, of course, all the Final Fantasy games, I mean, The Legacy of Kane. oh gosh, I can forget that, I always forget that one, I forget the Legacy this. of Kane series, so good. Oh my gosh! Does that include the Soul Reaver games? It does actually. Like oh. Soul Reaver and Soul Reaver Two. No, don't say that. I love so that. Pretty. I love that series so much, and it holds up so well. Like I played the crap out of Soul Reaver on Dreamcast. I love that game. Ah, there are some mechanics that are really cumbersome and take you away from the immersion of it. 
I mean, I, I get that, but the puzzle solving, the, the, the story, the that narrative is just so strong, and that world is just beautiful. Ah, so good. Uh, oh, man, we got a bunch of more chat here. The older FF were the best. I have one and two on GBA. Oh, there you go. Star Child, I think you might be our new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I could never really get into Final Fantasy. I've only uh, played 14 in Tactics Advanced. Oh, Tactics is so good. Why don't they follow that up? Everything in Tactics was, was just so well done. So much depth, dude. Like, the replay value, like... Every character has so many different development paths. Uh, you can send off your guys on missions so you can play. They do things asynchronously while you play real time. Oh, so good. Uh, let's see. Starchild says, I haven't wanted to get into those. I hear Tactics was good, though. And I can't do subscription games. Yeah, I don't blame you. I play Terra. Yeah. It's hard to get paid for MMOs when there's free ones out there. It's just it's a bad, it's just a bad model. I mean, I know that people have to pay for it, but... It's hard to justify it, and that's another topic we'll get into another time. That, that, that's, that's another one we'll, we'll uh, go off on a rant. Uh, another fun thing, bringing it back to Doctor Who, Lego uh, has this thing called the Lego Ideas uh, Project, where they uh, allow the community to vote for their favorite um, pitches, and um, they uh, just uh, greenlit the Doctor Who companion sets, uh, which is going to... So they got 10K votes. Now they're planning on how to bring into production all the logistics and whatnot of it. Um, and I'm pretty excited. I mean, Tom Baker, they have a Tom B Baker minifiguring. Yes, yes, they do. Scarf, that's the scarf's like painted on. It's so perfect. So well done. There's K9, though. Oh, K9. They got to make the K9. Like, I don't know that was just a prototype. They said, this may not be the actual set that we'll produce. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful we see the Tom Baker a few different options for the doctor so you can do some regenerative play along uh the rose rose has to come out in that oh yes i would like all the companions from the new series to be honest i i would well i don't know maybe not mickey <laughs> no nothing against mickey. oh poor mickey this is what i say this is what i say to you you ready danger doctor danger <laughs> Had to. K9's so good. Poor Mickey, though. Mickey just got. Ah, uh, Mickey got disrespected in so many ways. Poor guy. I felt bad for him. Like, Rose was the proverbial tease. She strung him along so much. Like, I know that Rose is a fan favorite, but if you really think about it, she was kind of a terrible person. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, there. I think she went through enough inner conflict while dealing with it that it, she can't be a terrible person uh, out of that scenario. That's just one of those, you know, there's decisions. Yeah, I, I know. I get it. It's tough. We, we all are faced with those tough decisions. So that's fair enough. You know, and who better to love you than a person with two hearts? I'm just saying. <laughs> fair enough. Though I, I think out of all the new companions, I'm still partial to Amy Pond. Just gotta keep up my, my redhead theme. I know I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. I'm a terrible person. I'm sorry. I can't chose I can't uh I can't judge uh Rose Tyler. I have my own my own issues to work through. <laughs> so uh uh Ula, you got something to reinforce, something we've been uh, promoting here. A bit of it a is. cause. It it is. It's uh 
I, I just kind of want to go back, and I mentioned it in the last live show. I want to make sure that you know we try and keep up with it and get the good word out. But fans of you know Karen Jillian, or maybe just redheads in general, <coughs> Yogi, <laughs> they're uh, they're rallying to bring Selfie back. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have seen Selfie. It's it's a pretty nice little interesting show. If you haven't checked it out, I'm sure there are options to view it. I'm not going to mention any in particular right now. But uh, right now, it's it's likely that ABC will buckle under fan pressure. But or th- or that they won't. It's it's unfortunate. But however, another network may, be, uh, may pick it up, you know. Or we, if we're lucky enough, and, and fingers crossed we're lucky enough, webisodes. If uh, if they can get webisodes, you know that that to me is the ideal medium. I don't know about you guys, but I think you can do more with webisodes and uh, kind of get away with more because the internet for the win. But uh, there's several petitions right now that are floating around so that we can hopefully see this continue. And one of these petitions, I'm gonna hope Yogi will be able to link this to everyone. But if you're listening in and don't have the benefits of Getting that link, it's https colon backslash backslash www.change.org backslash p backslash abc hyphen bring hyphen back hyphen selfie hyphen on hyphen <laughs> abc. Now, I didn't think you actually, hyphen. I actually didn't think you'd read the whole link, but kudos to you. It. No, no, they need to know because if they're listening, like I said, there's some passion here. And if it takes me reading hyphen 10 times, I'm going to read hyphen. <laughs> I mean, right now, they're at like... You almost sounded like, like a, one of the old speaking spells. Remember those, bro? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hyphen. <laughs> the cow goes hyphen. I, think I miss mine's those broken. things. <laughs> oh, man. So good. But no, there's currently, there's over 2,100 signatures on it and uh, around 350 more are needed to push the petition forward. I, you know, I'll read the whole web address just so you guys can get it. And I, I'm hoping that means that you'll go check it out and add to those 350 that are needed. You know, of course, you're going to find our names on there. You just got to, <laughs> you know, I look forward to seeing yours too, hopefully. Indeed. And if you now, do sign it, leave it, leave us a voicemail, 206 415 Four nine eight seven, do it. And I have to say that I, I agree with you. I think the selfie would be perfect in webisode format. Oh, it's three hundred one. It's three hundred one now. So apparently our promotion has been working. All right, we have some influence. It's happening. Let's get it going, guys. And shame on me for not updating the numbers this morning. But we're yeah. even. As I said, around three hundred and one. That's not bad. So forty. There's been like forty nine uh, signatures so since the last time we did the show. Yes. So that means we're doing it. Let's get it. Let's get it going. Yeah, definitely. Pat, share share this along. You know, when when we get this uh, YouTube video up and uh, a podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, a lot of stuff. You know, just uh, share the link. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, Down to every hyphen. Wink, <laughs> wink. Winks as good as a not to a blind bat. I always say. <laughs> yes. But uh, so yeah, you know, we mentioned uh, last time we did the show. Uh, episode 18, which is two weeks ago, more or less, yeah, yeah. Uh, last, it was, uh, gosh, I can't believe it's already February. I'm, just, I'm not keeping up with time at all. But uh, the 26 seasons of Gallifrey 1 is coming to the Marriott Los Angeles airport on February 13th. So 
by the time we do our next show, it'll, it would have already passed. So it's a, it might be late to buy tickets now. I know they last time we checked they were sold out, but I'm sure there's someone that can't make it and might be transferring their tickets. I believe they are transferable. I, I, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I would hope so. You know, just saying, hold on, Google searching. <laughs> <laughs> For real. But, uh, but uh, just, all right, so let's do, let's do the who's who, and then we're going to get into our Doctor Who flashback before we run out of time in the first half. It might go a little long in this first half, though. But uh, who's who? This is why we love Doctor Who. If this is your first encounter with Doctor Who, here's a brief, brief intro. Doctor Who is about a man-alien slash alien man who travels all of time and space in a handy blue box called the TARDIS. It's a spaceship, it's a time machine, it's a phone booth, and it's bigger on the inside. Oh, and it also translates all languages and functions as some sort of IV unit. Oh, most of the time. They, they flip-flop on that. We won't get into that. But... Doctor Who Universe. The Doctor Who Universe spans over 50 years of content, including TV shows, movies, audiobooks, comics, even puppet shows. They got video games, too, which I still have to play. Shame on me. I've played Doctor Who Legacy. Um, that's about it. Uh, the series has had some heavy hitters right for it, too, including the, the late Douglas Adams. Uh, Douglas Adams of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh, fame and Neil Gaiman. So it's kind of a big deal. So uh, we love it. We talk about it a lot. It's not the only thing we talk about here, but it's a big part of it. But anyway, let's jump right into it. It's time for the Doctor Who flashback. We're talking about Mind Robber. It's uh, season six of Doctor Who, serial two, the second story in uh, season six. And uh, it's with pa- this uh, features Patrick Troughton, the second and silliest Doctor. He's also the lost Doctor because this is the Doctor that's had the most episodes lost in the Great Fire that destroyed a lot of uh, Doctor Who content, sadly. Um, you can catch this on the Doctor Who 50th Anniversary Collection, which is on Amazon Prime Video and Netflix, so you can follow along with us. Uh, we hope you do, and if you have suggestions on which one you want us to cover next, and if you maybe want to join us, you know, in real time or via voicemail, there are options for that, which we, we, we'll, we have covered and we'll continue to cover. But for now, some more, some more, uh, vitals on this episode, uh, the story arc. Uh, the first episode aired on September 14th. Uh, 1968, I would say 1868, not that, not that far back, 1968. I was going to uh, say, if that's the case, your 50 years way missed the mark. <laughs> I know, right? I, that's not even, I wasn't even trying at that point. Uh, but it, also, it, it took place, this particular story took place after the Dominators of Anadokis serial, which I vaguely recall. Um, again, it's one of those lost episodes, so if you haven't watched it, it's, you're probably not going to catch it. But I think there are some, like... Um, there's some places we can still catch like highlights and synopsis and there might be some audiobook thing. options. Yeah, audiobooks. They 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 recreate a lot of these in audiobook. Yep. Yeah, I think they still have like the scripts or some remnants where they could base off of that stuff. So there's still ways to to get into those storylines. Um. So yeah, this is one of the few episodes again that Patrick that survived from the Patrick Trotton era. Now I will say that for me, Patrick Trotton was a little hard to get into back then and and now still because he looks like Mo from the Three Stooges and it's a little silly to me. Certainly. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's, it's not, he's actually not bad. He's not bad at all. So, let's read a little bit of the synopsis from Wikipedia. You want to take this too long? Alright, I'll do this and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that radio voice. I'm going to try it. No, you don't have to read the whole thing. You can skip around a bit. Oh, I will. 
Okay, all right. But I, I'm going to cover the highlights, such as, as, as he said, after defeating the Dominators on Dulcus, the second Doctor sets off a volcanic eruption. He leaves the TARDIS along with his companions in the way, though it gets burned in lava, blowing a fluid link in the process. Now, unfortunately, what this has done is it forces the Doctor to use an emergency unit to take the TARDIS away from danger and indeed out of reality itself. Now, they land in a white void, and the Doctor works to fix the TARDIS. But unfortunately, Jamie and Zoe are lured outside and confronted by white robots. Now, the Doctor gets them back inside, but as they try to return to reality, the TARDIS explodes, and the travelers are scattered into the nothingness. Now, that's about all I can do in the radio voice, but I would like to continue the overview. So, they wake up, and uh, they're in a forest with trees, and they kind of explore around a little. They, They meet a few interesting adventures along their way uh they become reunited eventually after a short grouping of odd events to meet a strange soldier-like individual and are miraculously followed by what appear to be you know life-size toy soldiers <laughs> i love this because they made me think of uh march of the wooden soldiers or babes in toyland which is the same movie just one's in color one's black and white right that tickled also me. had a little uh, nutcracker kind of going on in there. Yes, it did. Yep, yep. Now, as they continue, they eventually do such things as they, uh, they well, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. You know, I, I've got an entire synapsis here, but I'm just going to give you the highlights from my memory. <laughs> uh, there's some interesting puzzles and moments the Doctor runs across, such as a strange group of children who question and quiz him with riddles, you know, a labyrinth, and even a minotaur. Uh, you'll also see special guest appearances by such things as Medusa and the ever-elusive unicorn. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how. You'll have to watch it for yourself. I might go into it here in a little bit, but I still recommend watching it. We see all sorts of things, including... What now? This this was interesting to me. A theoretical superhero from the year two thousand. Now I can only say that because we are post two thousand, and I still don't know this guy. And I'm pretty big on my comic books, but he has a anti molecular ray disintegrator. <laughs> and simply through the doctor going, well, that is not scientifically possible. Yeah, I love I love that he brought attention to that. The, the weapon just <laughs> vanishes into midair. So as this world gets more mysterious and mythical with each moment they are existing in it, the Doctor slowly comes to a realization. If they can identify that things don't exist, they don't exist. So now it's reality is driven by their perception. Mm. And quickly they discover that they are in a land of fiction. Now, this means that all things are kind of out there in the universe. At one point, one individual, not going to say who, all right, it's the guy, runs into (laughs) Rapunzel. The guy. The guy. He runs into Rapunzel. I believe his Uh, name is Jamie. It is Jamie. He was the, uh, the Scottish guy. The Scottish guy. 
Yeah, with full-blown <laughs> kilt. Props to that guy rocking the battle kilt the whole time. You know, this story is ridiculous. It's deliciously ridiculous. Cause, and I love the fact that the second doctor laughs at this. Like It's a science fiction setting, but he's like anti-molecular ray disintegrated. That's not a real thing. Yeah, that, that's not even scientifically possible. <laughs> oh, it disappeared. <laughs> And props to Zoe for beating up a superhero. Like, just judo throwing him everywhere like a rag doll. It's, it's an interesting moment. Again, watch the episode. It, and plus, just, you know one of my favorite takeaways of this episode? What's that? Their perception on how the world would look in post-2000. Because Zoe, I don't know if you guys are, are familiar with this, but Zoe is supposed to be a year 2000, post-year 2000 companion. Yep. yep, yep. And there's times where when they're lured away, you see her her home. And now when I look back at it, uh, I had a friend who was watching the episodes with me, and he's he's a new Doctor Who fan. And he was like, is she from Gallifrey? That kind of looks like Gallifrey. Dude, so let's talk about that more in the second half. So right now we're just doing a teaser. We're going to have to definitely go deeper on this in the second half. We do have to take a break, unfortunately. Is that all you got for the uh, teaser? I think there's more, right? There, there is more, as a matter Sorry. of fact. But I don't want to give away the big ending until we're there. I don't want them to know. Will he make it? You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. The Doctor, in a strange fiction-like universe, meeting some of your favorite characters. Will he make it? Will he not make it? Can they survive? What will become of the TARDIS? All this and more on the second half of the Timey Wimey Tea Time Show. Indeed. And I'll add to that, though I won't do quite the sexy voice. I'm still a little congested and sick, sadly. But we keep teasing this. We keep teasing about this. But the master makes an appearance. Or does he? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome to the second half of Time and Wimey Tea Time, hashtag TWTT. We're going to continue our discussion, our uh, Doctor Who flashback. We're talking about, about the mind robber with Patrick Trotton, who we're calling affectionately the Lost Doctor, because there's not much left of his, his stories from, the, from those days, those early days of Doctor Who. But uh, we left off with a little bit of a teaser of, this, of the plot of the story. Now, before we mislead anyone, we just say we kept mentioning the master. I wanted to say right off the bat, one of the big reveals here, they keep talking about the master, right? It's like, oh, the master wouldn't like that. Oh, the master uh, wouldn't approve of that. And, oh, the master says this. Oh, the master expects us to do that. The master reigns supreme. Oh, okay. And then all this build up, and he realized that when they finally reveal the master, it's not the master, it's a master. Oh. <sighs> The sad face. I know. 
And, uh, and I kind of got everybody hyped, you know, pa- past couple of shows talking about this. Uh, it's still great, but it's like all this setup really made you go there to that realization, especially if you're going back to this. You're like, oh, I know the master. That's a familiar character. And it's like, no, it's not that master. It's another master. It would have been perfect because they had like the, the, the character they built up was kind of delightfully cheesy and it, it reminded me a bit of the Riddler. So I'm like, oh, that would have been a perfect way to introduce the master. You know, all these puzzles and strange challenges that he set up for them, right? Yeah. And, absolutely. And, and then, <laughs> BFT said, this could be really good or really bad. <laughs> Kool-Aid is a, real, a really great drink. I was actually just drinking coffee, but I have to slow down because, uh, yeah, too much caffeine, and then you got to keep going on bio breaks. No good. No bueno. Also, uh, BFT says he's actually saying that in reference to Nintendo's working with Netflix to make a live-action Legend of Zelda series. Oh, that's what he was, was saying. It could be really good or really bad. Hmm, that could be interesting. Hmm. They should bring back Photon, that laser tag show. Remember that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, that, that's how they picture. That's how they picture the future. Like all these people, like see the future. Like they really didn't have any. They ever had really low hopes or really super high hopes. Like the Jetsons, you know. The yeah. year two thousand will have flying cars. Back to the future. Year two thousand and fourteen. I think they said two thousand thirteen. Like we're gonna have shoes that lace themselves and hoverboards and all this stuff. Some of that stuff happened, but not really. Some uh, of it happened just because they said it would happen, and they're like, "Oh, got to make this happen real quick." Yeah, someone's got to make. Some marketing guy was like, "We got to put this to production. People want this demand." But uh, so let's, let's talk about Mind Robber. They have a theme here. They have a theme here uh, that I like: uh, swords and words. They they bring it up a couple of times, but then it's kind of like implied, and I really like it. To me, that's what really stood out for me, just because. Is like this whole notion of words are just as powerful as word uh, as swords, right? And I really, I really like that premise because we've often talked on on time when we tea time about how words, uh, you know, could could be very dangerous. You know, this mouth garbage, and sometimes we don't realize just how powerful our words are. So they play on that. On that, it's a wonderful premise here. Uh, you saw on the first half of the show, uh, Ulong was talking about. The main plot, the, you know, sharing the synopsis that we uh, pulled from uh, Wikipedia. I think that was their official synopsis too, and um, it's just great. Just all the things they have in play here. These uh, fictional characters, you know, the unicorn and uh, Gulliver from Gulliver's Travels, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, all these wonderful little things in there, and you're like, what are they doing with this? And it sounds so ridiculous, but they're taking on this wonderful adventure and. This is one of the first times in, in classic Doctor Who where we really see just how grand the scale of Doctor Who is, I feel. You see that it's a, a, a world where just about anything can happen, but ultimately it comes back to logic and science, and they, and, and they, they tie it up so well. Uh, it's just a wonderful adventure from beginning to end. It is. And one of the things I really liked is they reinforce the... Uh the pen is mightier than the sword. There's actually times that you may run into in the episode where you notice as the doctor's attempting to do something, he cannot put himself in the story. If if he did it, he would become fiction himself. And so he had to choose his words very carefully. 
Yeah. Truly, words became mightier than the sword by the end of the episode. And uh, this was a very good setting for the elusive mind battle. Um, when we talked about uh, a few episodes back, we talked about, uh, I think it was the spearhead. No, it was the spearhead in space. Gosh, which one was it? Where John Pertwee, the third doctor, fought a, another Time Lord, uh, Omega, I believe his name was. Oh. And, and, and they had a, a mind battle, but it was like them literally uh, like wrestling each other inside their heads. It was weird. Here they do it well. Like There's actually an intellectual battle. Like I have to choose my words carefully. Because if I make myself part of the story, I turn into fiction, and then I've lost. Because then the, then the master, quote-unquote, has control over me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, one slip of the word, one wrong word, and he could actually make himself no longer exist. So, I mean, everything he chose was careful and timed, and he'd catch and correct himself. Yeah. yeah. And when they, when they had to use their... Uh, their knowledge, their imagination, and their their pure love of the written word to kind of have the the final showdown as yep. they're they're bringing out all of these you know fictional creatures for you know what basically was the ultimate showdown of of literary heroes and villains. Yeah, and 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 uh, it's just I really I really really enjoyed this. It was a nice little treat. It was something that you almost did not expect from classic Doctor Who. They had great set pieces. It felt uh, like it, they had a higher budget than they usually had to work with in those days. Just really wonderful set pieces, and, and it just took you to a wonderful place. I, I, I don't know. I can't say enough good things about it. Um, and, and, not, and, you know, it made me appreciate the second Doctor more because... He actually was intelligent here. He wasn't kind of this silly guy with a recorder playing his recorder to get inspired or get ideas. That's part of his shtick, and he doesn't doesn't rely on that prop here. He just brings his own personality into it without having to lean on the the quote-unquote sonic, you know? Right. It, It can't always be that technology when the best thing you can do is use your mind and uh prevail prevail with just what you know dexter now dexter effect makes a good point in the chat about how doctor who should have a game that's in the mystery genre you know uh the the doctor who adventure games from what i've seen are adventure type games it'd be me i would love to see a game that's maybe 3D Metroidvania style game meets Mist, maybe something like that, like or Kings and Queen and King's Quest. You know what I want to see? That'd be neat. <clears throat> I would want to see, and, and I'm I'm sure to some of the older fans this might appeal. The younger fans are gonna be like, "What is that?" But I would love to see a Doctor Who meets where in time is Carmen San Diego just taking elements oh. from the whole Hooverse. So whether you're going to Gallifrey or New Earth 10 or the space stations, you know, kind of taking you through those adventures with an almost trivia historical questions kind of, you know, pressing it at the end, eventually trying to thwart the master who maybe undid certain things that were not fixed points in time from Doctor Who. Yep, yep. 
That'd be really neat. And it, and then with the whole timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, you definitely would want a full-blown Doctor Who game out of, like, decisions that actually impact how the story develops. You know, that, that, that'd be neat. But, you know, oh, time yeah. travel is such a hard mechanic to deal with from a game development and a, a storytelling perspective. So that'd be, that'd be really interesting. But back, back to my mind robbery before we... Uh, Get into our dreams of right. <laughs> what could be. <laughs> Absolutely, um, you know there there was a bit of uh, of contrast in this episode from the Aztecs, which we talked about on the last show. You know, um, there there was no real romantic interest for the Doctor this time around, and it's more about the the science fiction than the accurate historical drama. And I'd even say a little bit more into the the literary kind of side, because it was all fiction. You know, it wasn't, there was no nonfiction, so it kind of let the imagination and the, the sci-fi run a little more wild. Yeah, it did, it, and uh, and I really enjoyed that. Though it's funny, like, when you mentioned the, the disintegrator, molecular disintegrator, ray gun, whatever, uh, it's funny, like, he said that, that can, that's not a real thing. Like, he was so sure that that can never exist. Like, well, I kind of I kinda would have liked to see that be a possibility. Like, don't pigeonhole yourself. Like, I would like to see a little pew-pew. But I guess, you know, oh, it, it is. So, Dr. Hugh Universe, I guess you can't disintegrate molecules. You could only, uh, I guess, break them apart, perhaps. A discombobulator, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> a, a molecular scrambler, perhaps. Ooh, so Dexter says he would like to see Doctor Who as a searching and crafting game. Yeah, with some strong puzzle solving and a mystery elements. Man, this could be fun. But, uh, hmm. Alright, we're gonna keep going back to that. <laughs> it's gonna be, we're gonna keep brainstorming here. And if someone's gonna steal our ideas. Hey, give us credit. Don't forget, Tiger Webby Tea Time. It happened here with the community. But, uh, you know, another thing that's a contrast here is that instead of the, the standard four episode story arc that we've gotten used to, from classic Doctor Who, basically anything previous, prior to uh, the 2005 revival series, right, with uh, Chris Eccleston and going onward. Um, this was a five-episode story arc, and, you know, I didn't feel like it dragged on at all. Did, did you? Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't necessarily say it dragged on. I think I think it was really solid. The only thing that kind of got me is, other than minor uh small back kind of elements the first episode i didn't feel was as prominent as kind of the other the other four in the set that is true now that, that they, they were kind of setting the stage um and it was a lot of exposition which is kind of something that's been consistent throughout doctor who like they do tend to fall in the trap of having too much exposition and set up, and it's like, all right, well, let's start getting to some of the payoff because you're you're setting the bar right rather high. But you gotta admit though, when the TARDIS blew up, <gasps> spoilers, it was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that 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 was the the best part. That cliffhanger really caught me, but it also made me appreciate kind of a time back when uh, they really weren't front loading episodes. You know, you'd watch it and you're like, okay, well, I mean, this is. This is a pretty standard episode, and then that cliffhanger hits you, and you're like, wait, now I need to know what happens next episode. And it stopped them from having to kind of load all all the action towards the front to keep you hooked towards where now the, like, 
Now what feels like most shows kind of linger in the back of their episodes, they brought that impact and then held it through the next four episodes really solidly. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing, like, it, the the world has changed overall. Now it's like everything needs to be epic and fast-paced or else people are like, meh. You know, so, no, they did a really good job. I think they did a fantastic job with the pacing. Like, I, I really enjoyed the Aztecs. I know you did too, but the Aztecs... You know, it was it was an excellent historical drama and a great story, but it wasn't like what we'd come to expect from Doctor Who overall. But it was still great going back to it. It held up very well. Um, there were some parts where it did feel a little long in the tooth, so to speak. But um, not in the t- they're going, they keep going back to the, the video game Doctor Who here idea. Yeah, so, so BFT says, so like Mist, Bioshock, Carmen San Diego uh, combination. So like... Bioshock for the writing and puzzle and light crafting from the first. Oh, that'd be good. Someone make this happen, please. Right. But you know, that's the thing. Doctor Who still has such a niche kind of like... People say it's become very mainstream, but it's still kind of a niche. That's why you still have these indie developers, these smaller developers, smaller studios developing the games. They don't have that AAA budget. Uh, If we could have like an indie developer that truly loves... Doctor Who, and we'll tre- give it the proper treatment, but then be backed, have the, the backing of a big company, uh, almost triple A company, perhaps, maybe a Kickstarter, who knows, and we can have this happen? Oh, man. Yeah, I do have experience in, in the game development. Something of that scale, though, ooh, that'd be a huge undertaking. I mean, I've done mostly, like, you know, puzzle games and point-and-click adventure type kind of games and, and MUDs. Uh, so I did uh, a, a, a long time ago. I did this really fun take on like pinball meets Arkanoid, and I had fun doing that. That was cool. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, enough about me. Uh, so, what do you think about the characters in here? They had a lot of ni- ni- nice little characters. They had Gulliver from Gal- Gulliver's Travel of the Mission earlier, right. and that the, <clears throat> he showed up a lot. He was fun. And then the, the creepy kids, and of course the toy soldiers from you know kind of Nutcracker environment. Right. <laughs> oh man, uh, I think. A few, a few of my favorites. They they didn't have big cameos, but they were they were definitely like D'Artagnan, D'Artagnan and the Musketeers. Was, oh yeah, he was in there. He was uh, him and uh, uh, Cyrano, Cyrano de Bergerac, made an appearance. And I, I think that the the over animated style at which they kind of comically did his nose for Cyrano <laughs> made me. <laughs> Made me laugh. Like it, it was, you got to see it to really appreciate it. I, that alone's worth watching the entire arc. Um, I think what we saw Blackbeard come out, uh, and the kids, like that was the one thing that got, I, I couldn't place them. I, I placed almost every other character, but the kids, but those kids are amazing. The first time that they kind of meet the doctor and they just, throw these riddles and puzzles at him. And that's the first time we get the swords and words because uh, the kid holds the sword to him and he goes, you know, what else is a sword? And the doctor thinks about it and the kids are kind of giving him hints and they're like, you know, really think about it. Think about it differently. And he rearranges it and he goes, swords are words. 
if I rearrange the letters, swords are words, and he throws the sword up and the dictionary comes down. Yeah, that was a cool little simple effect, but it, it, it had a nice impact. Yeah, it, it was definitely very, very pristine how they did it. It was me too, the fact that they did not really give us a reference, a literary reference for the kids, made them kind of mysterious and, and eerie to me. Like, I can't place them. Where are they from? You know, uh, and you kept thinking the kids were going to do something. Re- I, I felt like I, I kept feeling they were going to do something really devious. Like, oh, I don't trust those kids at all. Right. <laughs> like, Gulliver was too much of a gentleman to, like, turn on them. But it was just funny, like, the whole time they kept trying to get his help. And he's like, I don't see anything there. I don't see any robots. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, and the Rapunzel moments. There, there's, there's some stuff. Okay, we all know the story of Rapunzel. You know, she lets down her hair, people climb it. But then there's these moments where, like, someone will just be standing next to her. They kind of just lightly tug her hair, and she's like, ow. I'm like, so wait. <laughs> this, like, 210-pound guy climbs up your hair. Not a peep. Soon as someone, like, pulls three hairs, you're like, oh, man, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually really funny. Uh, it supported the whole uh, theme of, of fiction. And it's like, hmm, can I suspend my disbelief here? Maybe. Um, you know, you know uh, another thing you mentioned was the kids uh, doing the, the singing and stuff. Oh, and they yeah. had the whole, uh, what was the song they were singing? They did uh, Ring Around the Rosy. And then ring around a rosy, pocket full of posies, right? And then, but instead of saying ashes, ashes, they all fall down. It, what they said, tissues, tissues, or something? Yeah, they they use the word tissue, tissues, and uh, it, it goes back to the origins. It was kind of a, an interesting little moment in there where they say tissues, tissues, we all fall down, which is the original nursery rhyme. Like we all know, nursery rhymes have the more modern kind of Disney versions, but back in the original Grim fairy tales, things like that, they had a darker meaning. Oh and, yeah, uh, like old was, fairy tales and and nursery rhymes were some of the more most morbid things ever. I mean, a cradle being rocked on a tree and then it falls down, like stuff like that. Like, what? Why would you tell kids these things? Like, ugh. <laughs> right. The story. The stories of Rapunzel. Uh, at one point. When the guy falls down, he falls into uh, thicket bushes that actually, like, cut him up and blind him. I mean, gosh. Yeah, there there were some very, you know, what now they would consider, you know, not kid-friendly moments. But they, they were always to tell a, a tale of being careful, being yep. weary, you know, being Cautionary tales, yep. They, uh, they were really heavy-handed parables. <laughs> they were. They were like, listen, or else... Yeah, and and Star Child, if unless she had to run off, but uh, she probably would have appreciated the the, the fact that uh, that uh, Grimm is really good about sharing the more the darker side of the old, you know, Aesop's tales and the Brothers Grimm stories. You know, uh, they really do not pull punches. Like, man, there really were some like dark stories in those other those stories that we've come to know as like lighthearted romps and not quite that yeah, absolutely <laughs> but uh so yeah the whole you, you were talking about how the tissues is the uh, people blowing their nose their their 
coughing into tissues and they were like there was like plague going on this is where yeah. the origins were and they coughed up blood and the people falling down and them dying it's like ah that's that got serious very quickly <laughs> yeah like it, they they would cough into the tissues so when they said tissues tissues it was because they'd grab them cough into them and they knew they were they were dying and it was like wow that's uh it's pretty impactful considering they put it in a doctor who you know and uh, now the more the more common is uh, ashes ashes. Yeah, and uh, I think that's a sign of the time too, because I believe when uh, the plague was happening, they wound up like burning everything to try and kill out the plague. Yep. So yep. it's it's kind of interesting, just those little facts that they kind of add in. They're wonderful gems. Uh, London Bridge is another good one. That 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 song. I, I forget exactly the event that it refers to, but. That that's another serious thing. You sing it because you know it. It just gets stuck in your head, but you don't really know what's. You can't appreciate it till you find out what what's going. Like what really happened. There. It's like, oh wow, I didn't know. <laughs> BFT is a good point. So you can't even you can't even drop an anvil on someone's head these days without some parents getting uppity, you know. But meanwhile, the the, the parents give kids uh, cell phones and and un uh, un uh, moderated internet access. Like, hmm. Yeah. They buy yeah. them Call of Duty. Yeah, they buy them Call of Duty. Oh, no problem. Shoot other people. Why not? But <laughs> uh, the ESRB ratings be darned. <laughs> but you know that, that's true. Like we become hypersensitive. Um, you know, like cartoons. I, I used to have so much fun with cartoons, and I knew it was. I, I never got violent. You know, inclinations by by watching Bugs Bunny or any of the Warner Brothers stuff. Uh, you know, or Popeye. I mean, Popeye. Yeah, he ate his veggies, you know, he ate spinach, and then he got strong. That's a good lesson. But then he's beating up this dude constantly because he's trying to get his girl. That's not a very good lesson either, but it was fun. <laughs> I mean, ah. <laughs> or Power Rangers Season 2, Lord Zed initially was an evil, bad, what did you say, bad, bad, bad A. <laughs> I don't know, I, I'm trying to keep it as, as, as tame as possible, though that's not really a bad word. But some people We'll just go with Bamf. He was a bam, bam. There you go. And you you do with that what you want, folks. But uh, some parents complained, it and he became an an incompetent doofus. That's actually true. Yeah, I remember that. My kids were really big on uh, Power Rangers. We were a Power Rangers uh, household. It was it was a fun thing. Uh, we're still big on Pokemon too. Fun fact. Well, some of us, not all of us. <laughs> you always have the kids that are like, no, that's that's for little kids. Like, no, it's still cool. I like Pokemon. I'm a grown man, and I'm an old fire, and I like Pokemon. But anyway. <laughs> but uh, you know, when we talk about Doctor Who, as we wrap up this uh, flashback, you got to talk about the companions because the companions are a huge part of the mythos and the storytelling in Doctor Who, uh, and the companions play a very va- vital role. They help ease new audiences into the universe, and they, even us, you know, old school Whovians, when the companions help us relate to to the stories better, make make us be more easily immersed, so to speak. Um, so how do we feel about the companions here, real quick? Uh, you know, is, it, is there a nice dichotomy between Zoe, Jamie, um, and um, the Doctor? Are they entertaining, relatable, and balanced as characters? Now I'm gonna say real quick, there's been times in in, Do- in classic Doctor Who where they go from having a, a companion that's way too high level and too much like the Doctor for us to relate, almost like unreachable, unrelatable completely. And then they then they go the complete opposite and they bring someone like Joe who's like 
Yeah, you know, I was like, oh, all right, we need something in between. Like, I, I, I happen to like Romana, like the 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 Time Lord companion for the Doctor, one of the few ones he could think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Susan, his granddaughter, she was kind of high level, but not too much. So, how yeah. do we feel about the characters here? Um, I think for for the Zoe Zoe Jamie kind of thing, I I think we saw a continuation into a theme that's very strong inside of the Doctor Who universe, which is strong women. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, she beats up a superhero. Like, <laughs> she she beats up this comic book superhero who had come to life, and, you know, she's very just strong in that manner. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like Jamie is a little comic relief, kind of. Uh, <laughs> like I said, dude, dude rocks a battle kilt, though, through the whole thing, so... He's like the Leroy Jenkins of the piece. Like he just a, a little bit. Um... <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I, I don't think I think they deliberately made him just completely ridiculous, and it's fun. But uh, yes, I, I love like anyone that tries to say that like Doctor Who is about uh, an alien that womanizes, you know, and all this stuff. He's kind of a chauvinist. They they obviously have not seen from the beginning. Because it's always been strong female characters, almost carrying the show at times, if not completely carrying it. I mean, they they they, they complement the Doctor well, and sometimes they take the place of the Doctor when the Doctor becomes incompetent for whatever reason. So that's and especially back in these classic Doctor Who days, you know, in the '60s, women were still trying to be taken seriously and, and be given rights and, and, and be seen as more than just housewives that clean and make us sandwiches on demand, you know? Make us yeah. some, make us, make me a pie, woman. You know, it was, they, these are like women that, you know, kick butt and take names, you know? I mean, it's, it's, that's, it's, that's awesome that they were like, the show, I think, in so many ways was looking way ahead into the evolution of mankind and, t- and telling it, you know, that story from these really fantasy kind of worlds almost. That's great. Yeah. See, another reason to love Doctor Who, guys. Now, in the next show, we're probably going to... I don't know what we're going to discuss for sure. We're going we're gonna, to... Oolong and I are going to brainstorm a bit and, and, and watch the different episodes and see what we're really in the mood to do. We might go completely sequential. But we might have to, we have to skip a few things because we're really just spearheaded from space and then some other things. But... uh. We're kind of dabbling with the idea of doing uh, Tomb of the Cybermen, uh, Carnival of Monsters, uh, Seeds of Death, which, by the way, is where the Ice Warriors first appear, if I'm not mistaken. Leisure Hive, a wonderful... Uh, that is a Tom Baker episode, if I recall. I saw it recently, too. God, my memory's terrible. But that was a fun one. And it's a Romana episode. So you have a, the, the female Time Lord in there. Um, there's lots of stuff we talk about. What what are you what are you leaning towards? Anything, oh bro? man, uh, they're all so good. Like that's that's well, if it helps any, Carnival of Monsters has the mini scopes. So that's another miniaturized story. Oh yes, it does. You know, I I I could definitely see leaning to Carnival of Monsters. I could. <sighs> oh, we just broke uh, BFT's heart because he's he said he wants pie. No place delivers pie in the man. Oh. <laughs> Or cake, for that matter. True. <laughs> now, you know, I'm a big fan of Flan. And and in the Doctor Who universe, the Doctor is a big fan of custard. And Flan is custard slash cake. So, 
It's probably the most OP food out there if you like sweets. Oh, man, that's true. I actually found a really good uh, dessert-style recipe to make a desserty fish fingers and custard. Oh, <gasps> dude. Oh, now I'm hungry, too. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> if you, for you folks that are not on the live show right now, you're missing the great Twitch chat. Everybody's adding some great... Uh, the stuff we can't even relate to you on the audio feed. You just have to be there. So if we start ra- laughing, or if we start giggling like little schoolgirls randomly, that's why. So, you know, I, I was going to do, again, I was going to do the the uh, comments this week. But I think we only have a good 20 minutes or so to start wrapping this up. I don't know, I don't know if we have enough time to give these comments proper... Uh, Proper, proper time, yeah, proper attention, yeah. yeah. So uh, again, again, we're still playing with the format, but I did want to just kind of go into some banter. We do have some talking points to discuss, so I think that might be where we wrap up the show. I don't know. What do you think? You want to do comments? We'll leave it for next time again. <laughs> you know what? Here's what I want to do. I want people to not only I want I, I want to have one more comment and one to two voicemails left so that we can, I I will make sure to not, I'll help keep Yogi on, on point. I'll keep myself on point as best I can. And we can make sure we will dedicate a section to the comments in the next episode. Yes. These these are, these are older comments that we have here that are still relevant, but you know, uh, we want some fresh stuff to throw into the mix. Uh, These are comments we haven't covered yet, but yeah, if we get the voicemail messages, at least that, that definitely will keep us, it'll give us further incentive to really carve out the time for the comments. So keep those things coming. Of course, you go to youtube.com forward slash geekyantics and just look for the Timey Wimey Tea Time playlist, which is also at bit.ly, bit.ly forward slash TWTT, all caps, uh, playlist. Very simple. The playlist is all, is all lowercase. So TWTT is all caps and then playlist. That's bit.ly forward slash TWTT playlist. Um, but let's get into our, mer- our banter merriment. Um, you know, one of the things I wanted to mention is that people keep bringing up this silly notion of the timey-wimey potato. And, I, and everybody's like, uh, what? The potato? What are you talking about? And I, and I thought it tickled me that the historian talks about the timey-wimey potato in one of his episodes. So that might be something we'll bring up in a future show. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll get him on this show so we can talk about this whole potato thing. That would be amazing. Yeah, and oh, and I don't know why, but lately, like all of our podcasts and even our gameplay uh, streams have our let's plays have have turned into like foodie sessions where we just talk about food that we wish we could have right now. It's, I don't know. That might tell you something about. I might tell us something about where we're at at this moment. <laughs> but uh, let's talk a little bit about. Actually, before we get into. Uh, some of the video game talk. Let's talk about our Mega Awesome giveaway again. Oh, I love the Mega Awesome giveaway. So here's here's the information, everybody. Pay close attention. Hashtag Mega Awesome giveaway. All right, make sure to check that out on Twitter. But there, uh, the Geeky Antics Network, United Broadcasting Network, and, of course, our friends from... Allgames.com and across the interwebs have teamed up to bring the biggest grand prize pot yet. There's weekly giveaways, daily entry opportunities, tons of incentives that we're currently playing around with. Now, 
I'm gonna give you guys give you guys the website. It's http backslash backslash bit.ly that's bit.ly backslash mega awesome giveaway. Now right now there are tons of neat ideas uh as far as incentives go. You know, you can have your own cartoon character drawn up by a gentleman that you just may have heard of. Goes by uh Yomar. Yomar, maybe uh, maybe a yogi, you know? <laughs> I flip-flop, you know. Just saying, a little, uh, you know, we, 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 you know what? We're friends enough here with all of, all of the listeners. We, we can say Yomar. He'll, uh, he'll make you, you know, nice little nifty cartoon character there. And, uh, you know, help us create a comic strip. Maybe uh, if you want to be a guest on one of our podcasts, have an opportunity to... I don't know, perhaps tell us that we banter too much in person <laughs> or maybe get in on the flan and custard discussions. We definitely see that being options. I mean, there's always things kind of being added, maybe a uh, a low budget jingle or parody made at your request. And he doesn't know this yet. I haven't told you. I'm a fan of parodies. I love uh, working on them. Yeah, so. they're fun. You know, contributing in there. I know. And fun fact, my wife always tells me that I should just make a, like a YouTube channel or a podcast or, just, or do like all, like songs that are parodies or something. Because I'm always like taking a song that's playing and then like putting my own words to it. And she's like <laughs> cracking up. She's like, shut up. I'm trying to listen to the song. <laughs> now, see, perfect. So, of course, there's always that opportunity. Now, remember, folks, this is the Geeky Antics hashtag mega awesome community call. All right. We, we, we want everyone to have a chance to go out there, tell their friends, get involved, come join, join the mega awesome giveaway. And, you know, there, there's plenty of opportunities. There's still things being added. You never know. You know, we want to make sure we can get sponsors and everybody out there so that that gives us more opportunity to bring more to you guys. So let your friends know. Everyone's got that friend who could use something kind of cool done and, Geeky Antics, we'd love to be the ones to bring it to you. Definitely. And these are all ideas we have. So if you want to share an idea, that you, something you would like to see as an incentive, because, you know, prizes are fun, but we want to do something else that's really unique to us. You know, fun things that aren't, like, necessarily, they don't necessarily have, like, a dollar amount. Like, you know, doing a Geeky Antics uh, mega awesome community call where you a bunch of people call in, we just have a big discussion and just completely derail that'd be fun you know we could record that and put it up as youtube maybe do it through google hangout type thing you know google hangout on 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 air we could do that you know so these will be some kind of sensors we're playing with you know um i mean we could do maybe we'll do a a a custom D &D campaign where we're where some of our favorites our biggest supporters our big our our biggest friends in the geeky antics and twct community Maybe people over at oilgames.com, we have them turn into characters in the, in the campaign. There's so many things we could do. So let us know what you'd like to see, and we'll come up. We'll uh, keep uh, setting up new milestones to unlock achievements and then uh, kick off these different incentives and rewards. Uh, so, you know, it's a two-month-long campaign. We're just trying to create that big old hype train to keep momentum going here. But uh, now that we've established that, and by the way, another easy link you go to, geekyantics.net forward slash giveaways. that also take you to our giveaways. But now let's talk about uh, some of the games we've been playing, some of the stuff we've been up to, which basically is the same thing. What have we been up to besides work? Playing video games. Yep, pretty much. Yep, seems right. 
Let's see. Um, do you want to start? You want to start with your games? Um, yeah, I can. Uh, okay. so I've been playing a lot of Smite and Heroes of the Storm. Um, I just enjoy these kind of games because uh, I find like they're, they're great for community uh, game nights. You know, because you have a fairly large team size, you can invite people into them. Now, Heroes of the Storm is a little more exclusive, whereas Smite anyone can jump on it as long as you have a decent enough computer. And uh, yeah, I, I like the I like the MOBAs because they, if they're played right, they're about teamwork and, and capturing objectives. Still playing uh, Ghost Recon Phantoms. I like the tactical shooters. Uh, but of course, as FPS games are known to be uh, quite salty, with some salty people on there, and with the voice chat built in, some of the expletives on there are pretty crazy. But uh, one of the games that has been, you know, outside of my usual mainstay, my ma- mainstays in Soul Forge and, and Hearthstone and whatnot, Speedrunners has been the the surprise hit where I've just I just keep coming back to this game. <laughs> Uh, it's just, uh, it's the kind of game that I, for me, I wouldn't think I would enjoy it because I'm not hyper competitive and this is like by nature, a hyper competitive game, but it's so much fun. It's a racing game, which again, I wouldn't think I would like, but it's fun. Uh, I don't know. It reminds me of, of so many things that I do like, like, uh, N plus or bionic commando, like little things from different games that I love thrown in together. You know, there's so many characters to pick from, and it's such a colorful game. It's fast-paced, so you get a lot of matches in, and it's just good times. Uh, four players, you know, online or local co-op, you can actually get the the party mode, the single-player, uh, actually, well, not single-player, the, the local co-op version of the game, so you can try it out on tinybuild.com forward slash speedrunners. Download that, and you can have a little party in your house. You know, it's a great game to just have good times with friends, so can't recommend it enough. Another one has been a big surprise, and I've been—I don't know—I don't know if people are enjoying watching me play it. People don't leave; they don't say anything about it. But I've been playing Card City Knights, and I'm enjoying that quite a bit. So it's—it's it's got a cutesy art style to it that's really endearing to me. I don't know why. Uh, so it's not—it's not Hearthstone. It's not Magic the Gathering. It's not Soul Forge. It's not quite as deep as that. It's really card a uh, deck building game meets tic tac toe, but I don't think that does enough justice. And it's neat. It, it, it reminds me a little bit of like Yu-Gi-Oh! Video, the Yu-Gi-Oh! video games where you have an overworld and you talk to people and then you battle them. Um, it's fun. I, I'm really quite enjoying that. But anyway, that's enough about me. What, are you, what, what have you been playing? <clears throat> All right. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm going to assume that I must have had uh, kind of a low sodium count lately because uh, I've gone back to League of Legends. Apparently, I missed the salt. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> I went back to League of Legends. I've been playing a lot of that lately. Uh, but a game I actually picked up just because the storyline looked phenomenal, Dying Light. Mm, I saw you uh, playing that, yep. Lots lots of uh, you know parkour zombies kind of got that, uh, that old itch out of the system for a little old Mirror's Edge parkour style added with a little bit of zombies sprinkled in. That's a beautiful-looking game, and I have to say... That even though it doesn't do that much more to the zombie slash survival genre, which is quite crowded, it does do. It is the best of its class. I feel like better than H one Z one Daisy, all that. Um, though it's more about story than it is the open world mechanics. It's almost like what Dead Island should have been. But the other thing I've heard that it's fifty plus hours if you want to just be go through the story. 
I would not be surprised. I'll be honest. I've, uh, I'm one of those hundred percenters. Oh gosh. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I like, I like to finish it. So I played the very early part, got into some of the story. I'm about 2% into the story and I've probably run about 35 missions. That's how sidetracked I got story wise. Um, like just, there's so much to do in that game, safe houses and, the the general open world feel it's it's amazing there's so much um i that that's one of those games that i can't say enough about like dying light really it surprised me uh, i didn't think i was gonna like it you know as everyone who knows me knows i've been waiting for rainbow six siege oh yeah my inner competitive spirit you know that full destructible environment the 5v5 kind of aspect oh it just it looks so beautiful. Uh, that's kind of on my list. But while I'm waiting for those, League of Legends, Dying Light, Speedrunners. Gotta play Speedrunners, man. It it brings the uh, the Mario Party out of me. Like that, that <laughs> kid, you know, sitting in a room, talking all that trash to your friend. It's like, oh, oh, look at me. I'm so far in the lead. And then he grappling hooks you and you're like... That's not fair. How did you know? Or you, you know, you accidentally wind up missling yourself because your one friend slows <laughs> down and then speeds out of nowhere. Yep. Maybe yeah, but see, but a see, random person drops boxes on your head while you're trying to wall jump up a up an area. Who does that? I don't know who does that. I speed right. It's a mean thing to do. But but you know, unlike Mario Party, it's more leaning towards the skill than the RNG. Because that's the RNG. Like I love the Mario Party series. I'm one of those weird guys that likes it. I love mini games. Like I, I played the crap out of them in, in Warcraft Three, and I kind of want to go back to it and play some Uther Party and whatnot. But people don't like that aspect. Whereas, like I'm clearly the best player, but now someone spins a wheel and they steal my all my stuff. It's like so random. You know, it's like, it's not really about who plays the best. It's just about who gets the luckiest. But this yeah. is definitely a skill-based game. Like, there's RNG in there, but true to what speedrunning is about, it's more about getting a feel for the flow of each map and, and the gameplay style of each player. You know, you know, getting all those variables down into constant as much as possible so you can account for those things and improve your, your lap time, so to speak, and get that slight edge, you know? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think the last game that I've kind of been working on, and I say working on because I'm trying to get better at it, is uh, Counter-Strike Go, CSGO. I might, I might join you on that sometime. It, uh, it's, it's a learning curve. I, I did not expect it to be quite as difficult because I come from a shooter background, lots of Call of Duty and stuff. I was like, this shouldn't be anything... There's a lot of minor intricacies they have put into that game to make it a... I, I can see why it's becoming uh, very quickly one of the best competitive shooters in in the overall kind of FPS universe at the moment. A uh, lot, a lot of uh, like just to start playing, it's not so bad. But when you really get into the competitive aspect and you really start playing it, the curve just flies up. Yeah. Uh, but I love that about it. I love the challenge. It's got some really weird mechanics. Like even if you're familiar with Counter Strike, it's such a it plays so differently. Like the whole notion of aim for the head, but then start moving down to their feet, and then with the re that'll account for the recoil, and you end up getting a headshot. Like, huh? Why can't I just aim for the head to begin with? Like, is this so crazy the way the guns handle in there? It's just it's weird. Yeah, the stutter strafing. And- yeah, it's yeah, yeah, like. 
a lot of strange little nuances and techniques you have to pick up to be good at that game. Like, and the, and the gap between a good player and an amazing and a great player is just so huge. Um, it can be daunting, but when you play it with friends, I can see it being fun. I, it's just not the game that I'll jump in solo. It's just too much. Now, BFT is talking about. Uh, it's talking about. Uh, Dexter just brought up the whole thing about. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Again, I talk about how Game of Thrones is kind of like a soft porn series. And, uh, <laughs> and they brought up the notion again about how it would be cool to see a, a female regeneration of the Doctor. Because he can obviously control... That's one of the things they established. He control what he how he regenerates, what he turns into. I'd like to see a female timeline. I don't know about if I want to see a female regeneration. I don't think we're there yet. It'd be neat, but I don't know. It'd be, I feel like it'd be inauthentic. It'd be like pandering at this point. But they're saying maybe he'll regenerate into Clara, and BFT's like, no, I don't want to see that. I, I would jump ship. I still don't like Clara. <laughs> Clara's grown on me. But imagine Amy Pond coming back in that manner. That'd be crazy. Oh, like, I regenerated to like Amy. I, I want to know what's gonna come first, though: the female regeneration or the ginger? <laughs> he does keep bringing up the ginger. It's like, am I ginger? You know they're both there, so I think I think that's gonna be <clears throat> that's gonna be the interesting. Like, will he be ginger? Will he even be a he? Find out next on the regeneration cycle. You know they also had. Uh, in, if you're looking on our video, you'll see that we have the slideshow of different Doctor Who uh, things and random stuff like selfie and whatnot. Um, but uh, one of the things we have in the slides is uh, the the old cover where they try to tease that Dave Morrissey, uh, a.k.a. Uh, the governor from The Walking Dead, would become the next Doctor. That, that still could be a thing. That'd be interesting. I don't know if I can see beyond him being the governor now. It's like, no, you're the governor. Darn you. Hugs, welcome to... I like that name. Hugs underscore. Simple, and it works. Hugs for everybody. Welcome, welcome to Tea Time. We are running short on time. Going into the uh, kind of the talk about, you know, what older, younger generations of gamers, <clears throat> there's actually two points on this. Uh, there was a video that went out a while back. It wasn't too long ago, but uh, it was teens reacting to Mike Tyson's punch out on the NES. <laughs> and, uh, you know, over time, any of us older gamers kind of remembered the patterns and stuff. But as these kids would play, they were getting knocked out by Glass Joe. The very first fight, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, it's so hard!" You know, it 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 just it, I couldn't understand it. I was like, "Man, you know, <laughs> these kids are going up, and they're like, I'm little Mac, I'm this guy,' and then they'd get knocked out by Glass Joe, and they were like, no, I dodged that.' And, and you almost kind of saw the Johns come out in them. They're like, "Is this is this a standard controller? Is this is that how it works?" It's like, don't blame the controller. Don't, just don't do it. <laughs> It's true. I, I think part of that is uh, games these days hold our hands so much 
where it used to be like these overpowered characters are almost godlike, and then when you're put in a situation where you're a fledgling, it's like, what do I do? Wait, I have to actually use skill here? I can't just like, you know, butter mash? Yeah, the, the, the Nintendo hard, that phrase really existed during NES, maybe Super Nintendo era, but during NES, the games were unforgiving. Sometimes to the point of not even being fun. Punch-Out was fun, but yeah. I remember even getting frustrated when uh, the Flamingo dude would beat you. Oh, yeah. Dude, Mike Tyson, that one-hitter-quitter. Every As soon as he oh, hit you, God. it was just knocked down. Yeah. And you were so defeated inside. You really need to pay attention to, like, his little eye animations and all that stuff. Like, okay. King Hippo with his little belly button thing. You had to know how yeah. to expose his belly button to get the shot, the pot shot there. Or else he was frustrating. Ah, that was a great game. But see, on the other side of that, when you look towards the uh, kind of the older gamers, there's people who do like uh, trick runs and speed runs of Punch Out. And there's actually uh, someone had just recently done it. There's a guy who beat Punch Out blindfolded, whole game, Mike Tyson and all blindfolded. And so it's kind of when you look at the kids and you're like, man, they uh, they did Punch Out and then he beat Mike Tyson blindfolded. It's a whole different generation. Um, the only other thing I really wanted to touch on just kind of briefly, I hope I, I, I hope I can hear the fans kind of, you know, geek out over this Firefly MMO. It's still happening, folks. It's a thing. There's actually a cell phone app. Uh, you know, I just want to build the hype. It's just, it's Firefly. Firefly. Now, you know, my feelings at MMOs, it's like uh, having a marriage, it's a relationship, you have to be really committed, and I'm scared of that because I already have too many commitments, but it's Firefly, yeah. So we're going to try to keep up with this because this is a perfect fit for our community here because we do talk a lot, predominantly about Doctor Who and, and science fiction, and Firefly, for Pete's sake, after a, over a decade, we're still talking about this show. If you haven't seen it yet, there's only like 13 episodes in existence, and that's probably all there ever will be. And they're all beautiful gems that you have to appreciate. This is where I become a fanboy. You have to watch it. If you like science fiction, if you miss space operas, or you like spaghetti westerns, or anime, there's a little bit of everything in there. So good. But folks, it is that time, sadly. But I'm going to do good. I'm going to try to get this video up ASAP, and then maybe take a little power nap, and then get recaffeinated and be bring the hype so we could do some gaming tonight maybe we'll do retro friday because we're long overdue and then we'll do some community gaming tonight so hopefully we'll, we'll follow through on that and if you want to be a part of that the best place to go is twitch.tv forward slash geeky antics uh fatal also has his switch channel which is a twitch channel bro it is twitch.tv slash f the number eight tl underscore blades Indeed, and we try to host our, our Twitch stream team members, so if I'm streaming, someone else is streaming, uh, Cupcake Noms or Obi-1X2 or Janelle No5, number 5, whatever you want to say. Uh, we have a lot of people on our, our Twitch stream team. We try to host them on the Gigantic channel. I have my own personal channel as well, twitch.tv forward slash yogizilla. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully see you there quite often this weekend. There's a lot of stuff planned. Our friends in the Spartan show have this show tonight at 8, 8 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be good times. So I'll probably do a post-show for that. It's going to be a great night. It's going to be a great night. So I'm going to try to get well-rested so I can bring the hype tonight and we can have some fun. Uh, but, folks, for our new listeners, our new viewers, our new friends, TWTT, time, time when we tea time, can be enjoyed 
wherever fantastic, beautiful podcasts can be found, including but not limited to Stitcher, iTunes, Zoom, TuneIn Radio, and Spreaker. Yes, Spreaker is a thing. I, I, I did not say that wrong. Spreaker. Uh, thanks to Kesterberis, the Doctor of the Dead, Who's Talking, the Who Story, and Trezzler Tomb, and everybody else has been sharing our message forward, uh, helping us uh, come up with great ideas for content, and you know, just cr- helping us um, keep this wonderful community that is the Hewing community, uh, just the overall geek community. There's just a lot of great pockets of wonderfully engaging, supportive people in here. In particular, I have to say. Doctor Who fans are amongst the most approachable and friendly folks, and they, they just give you wholehearted support. So we love you guys, and we know without the nucleus, which is Doctor Who, we wouldn't be where we're at with this show, and we appreciate you guys so much. Be sure, again, to check out our friends at The Spartan Show and The Worst Radio Show on Twitch.tv. Uh, also, allgames.com. Join us live by clicking the live chat button. And you know what? Now all you got to do is just go to allgames.com, and you can just hit play. There's a HTML5 player, which should work on every mobile device now. So you... This that's where you can listen to us live, and also other great shows on there. We're on allgames.com every Saturday, unless otherwise advertised, and we stream live at noon Eastern. Live? Did I mention live? It is live. Noon is Eastern. Live. It is live. Noon Eastern, 5 p.m. in London, and 4 p.m. in Madrid. If I'm not, if my time conversions are correct. Um, Geekyantis.net. Go there, register, get on achievements. Uh, you know, uh, plug your projects, uh, become part of our, our referral network, so we can get you some work, get you help you get paid, and we can grow our audience together. There's so many things, so many ways we can collaborate and have good times together. Leave some comments. Uh, leave, you know, leave a forums post. That's still a thing. Um, Maybe join in on the Make Awesome giveaway. Yes, that that's a thing too. Uh, there's so many ways. Let's go to GeekyEntities.net. Register. Fill out your profile. You can make your YouTube. Put put your links to your different stuff. Let people know what you're up to, what your interests are. So many ways we can get to know each other there. GeekyEntities.net. Of course, don't forget United Broadcasting Network. We are part of that network now on twitch.tv forward slash team forward slash UBN. Um, and I think I can put all plugs. Do you have anything else uh, you want to share? Uh, man, I really, uh, I don't know. There's there's so much. Like, there's so many awesome people out there. But uh, I, I guess uh, if, I, if I forget anything or anyone... Uh, you know, make sure you can always check out my geeky antics page. I always show love there. You know, Twitter. I'll, I, I tweet everybody. Um, actually, <clears throat> let's see here. Who, who I want to give one person a shout out. Uh, they're working really hard right now. They're doing some uh, some overlays for me, putting in a lot of time and kind of helping me out. That's uh, Linny Bear twenty three. She's been doing some amazing work, kind of help out. And uh, Obi, Obi one X two. Always uh, have fun kind of playing some rounds with him and uh, gaming in general. So, yeah, those are my big shout-outs. Yeah, and we also have a Facebook page. That's a good place to go. Facebook.com forward slash Geeky Antics. Uh, and you could do the giveaways there. And we also try – we're trying to ha- – we have other people that are, are posting to the page. And we're trying to share more people's stuff there. When other people stream, if you're part of our Twitch stream team, or try to put your channel there. The video will play from the stream on Facebook. So – it, you know, we have over 3,000 uh, fans on Facebook, so it's more eyes and ears on your stuff. So, good place to collaborate and just share something neat you found. That's actually how, how we found out about the Doctor Who Lego set. So, that was our friends on Worst Radio Show. But anyway, we do need to wrap up. Here is our obligatory uh, outro music and bumper. We appreciate you guys. Great meeting all the new folks, and we'll see you two weeks from now for TWTT, but we'll be here doing uh, Let's Plays and other podcasts. So let's make sure you go geeky to the net for a schedule and you won't miss a single thing.
Wanna say bye? Hiff, Phantom's ready, ready to go. Uh, yeah, sure. Hi. Uh, no, uh, absolutely. I, I appreciate everybody who listens. All the listeners are awesome. And uh, I hope to see you guys every time. So uh, much love. Be safe. All right, folks. We'll see you soon. We thank you. We thank you for every crumb, biscuit, and cake you bring to the table. Because Doctor Who belongs to all of us. What you bring to the timey-wimey tea time in your live chat participation, comments, likes, shares, tweets and voicemail, all of it means the world to us. Love, true love never fails. Do you like it? If you like what we're doing, well, tell us for God's sake. Shout it from the rooftops at geekyantics.net or call it in. 206-415-4987 That's 206-415-4987 That's it. Bless you. So long. And thanks for all the fish. But on, it won't be that long. Just a wee while. Because the timey-wimey tea time will be back. We'll return next Saturday with fresh insights, questions and epiphanies about Doctor Who. And heck yes, everything geek. Maybe same bat time. Absolutely the same bat channel every Saturday. Tiny Wiley Tea Time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.